Welcome to the Learn Something New Podcast, where each episode is dedicated to taking a deep dive into a new topic, whether it be current events, new tech, new adventures, or guest interviews. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something new. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Learn Something New. I'm your host, Grant, and I have a new one for you guys today. I'm adding a new segment to the show. It's going to be called Talk About Tech. And it's just going to be some uh, miscellaneous tech news that I've found throughout the week. I'm not really sure on the scheduling of this, whether it'll be a once a week kind of thing or multiple times a week. Um, I just want to um, bring some tech news together for you guys and just so that you can learn something pretty quick. Um, So, yeah, we will get right into it. I think the first thing off, we it's either AirPods Max or Cyberpunk. So I'm thinking we start with AirPods Max. Um, These are highly debated on the internet at this point. Um, I have my thoughts on them. I've seen a lot of reviews on them. Um, I think they look fantastic. I At first, when they first came out, I was a little against the design of them. Um, but since I've seen them more and I've seen them on actual people rather than just models, um, I do kind of like the minimal look to it. Um, just as a little note on me, I use the Bose QC35s and I love them. I've had them for probably five years now, and they're still my favorite over-ear headphones that I've owned. Um, I used to have the Beats, was not a big fan of those, and I've had some other Sonys um, throughout the years, but these Bose ones have stuck by my side, um, and I'm not really looking to upgrade them at any point. Um, As cool as the AirPods Max look, I just can't stomach spending $549 on them. Um, I think... It's just hard for me to justify that when the QC35s are in the mid 200s range. So you're basically spending almost double that for headphones that I don't at this point think offer double the um, value. Um, I, I've heard that the noise canceling sounds great. Um, it's similar to the AirPods Pros. I think if you're coming from not having any AirPods or maybe the first gen AirPods and you want that noise canceling and you're willing to spend that price, um, then go ahead and give them a try. Um, but I have the AirPods Pros and those are the main um, earbuds that I use all the time. If I'm working out, if I'm just working at my desk, um, I tend to use those over the QC35s just because the over-ear headphones can kind of get a little hot every now and then. Um, so it's nice to just have the earbuds and the noise cancellation on the Apple AirPod Pros are amazing. Um, if I turn it on, I can't really hear anything around me in the room. So my wife can be on the phone in the same room and I can turn them on and I won't hear anything. So I love that. And I think it's cool that the AirPods Max offer that. But again, it, that price point is just a little too high for me. Um, I know that there's the market they're going for are going to pay for it. Um, I don't doubt Apple and their marketing team of pricing this whole thing. I think they knew exactly who they were aiming for. And I think it's doing well in that group. Um, I think Apple has created an ecosystem where people will buy it no matter what. Um, We've kind of seen that over the years is every time they come up with a new product, everybody's kind of like, ooh, I I don't know about that one. And then six months later, everybody's got it. So I don't doubt that I will probably end up getting a pair at some point. Um, but for now that 500 plus dollar range is just too much for me. If they come down in price someday, maybe if they make a, um, lower level model of them, maybe. Um, but for now 
they are just out of the question for me. Um, but let me know on Instagram whether you guys like the look or not. Um, I do, like I said earlier, I do think the look is really cool. Um, it's just that price it just comes back and bites you every time I look at it. So going on to topic number two for today is cyberpunk. I am not a gamer. I do not have video games. I didn't really grow up with any video games. The only video game that I actually have installed on my computer, if you can even consider it a video game, is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, and as nerdy as that sounds, I, it's a lot of fun and the graphics look unreal. Um, so I mainly got it because I just wanted to see what all the hype was about because I saw all the trailers over the summer and it just looked so good. And I'm a big fan of a uh, big fan of planes and everything that has to do with flying. Um, so I jumped on that. I play it maybe once a month. Um, and it's usually just me flying around and I definitely see how people think it's boring. Um, but it, it kind of does give you that cool, um, realistic, uh, view of what it's like to fly a plane without actually, um, learning and flying it yourself. But going back to cyberpunk, um, I've just been following the news. A lot of people I follow on Instagram have been playing it. I've watched a live stream of it the other day. Uh, it, it's a great looking game. I'll give them that much. Um, it looks, it's impressive what the developers were able to do, uh, from the ray tracing to just the whole design of, uh, I think it's called night city. Um, so that has been crazy to see. But at the same time, since it is such a powerful game, it's packed full of all these amazing graphics and things going on. A lot of consoles and PCs have not been able to play it. A lot of people with fairly good GPUs, um, are struggling to play it on their computers. A lot of people with Xbox ones and PS fours, the first gen version of those, they haven't been able to play it at all. So a lot of people were getting mad at the developers because it was said that they were going to be able to play it on all the consoles and come to find out that they're not able to actually do it. So the developers actually came out and said that they're going to offer refunds to anybody who is not able to play the game. Which at first everybody was like, okay, fine. At least they're at least they are taking initiative on the problem. They did announce that they're going to be fixing the bugs. So if you just stick with them, um, it'll probably be fixed in a couple of weeks. But they're like, if you really are that upset by it and you can't play it at all, you can have a refund. A couple of days later, I don't even know if it was a couple of days later, but Microsoft and Sony and all of the um, owners of the console or the consoles are coming out and saying that in their refund policy, if you've, especially Sony, I know if you've started playing the game, you can't get a refund. So this has put a lot of people in a tough spot because the developers of cyberpunk came out and said, okay, you can have a refund. And then the people who actually own or who are building the consoles are saying, no, ho, ho, you bought it, you started playing it. Now you have to pay for it. So it's kind of created this weird environment now where one person saying you get your money back and the people who actually made the game are saying you get your money back. But the people who are making the consoles are saying, no, it's not part of our policy. We don't offer refunds on products. So it's just been kind of interesting to follow that. Another problem that's been developing from cyberpunk is the issue of live streaming the game. And a lot of people are getting DMCA copyright strikes um, because there apparently there's a song in the game that doesn't, um, that causes the strike to be placed in your account. And the issue is this kind of goes back to all the bugs that they've been having, which is completely to be expected from any new game or any new software in general. Um, it is very expected that no developer can really prepare for every single little detail to go wrong. So you kind of that first group of people that buy the game right away, you're kind of expected to be 
not necessarily a beta tester, but willing to stick it through through those couple of pain points. So what the problem was with this is there's a setting in Cyberpunk that you can turn off any copyrighted music. So when you're live streaming on Twitch or YouTube or something, you won't get that copyright strike. However, for some reason in this one scene of the game, the software wasn't turning off the copyrighted music. So a lot of streamers were getting copyright strikes and which are really annoying to get rid of, especially on YouTube. Once you have that strike, you got to go through the whole process of getting it remediated and it can hold your account for a while and cause you to not be earning any money. So if you're someone who makes a living or a substantial amount on YouTube or Twitch, it, it's a big issue. So it, it's just been interesting to watch, um, especially now that everybody's at home and they're just like, there's a lot more people playing the game right now than I think would be if we weren't all in lockdown or we weren't all stuck at home all the time. So it's been interesting to see how the developers are quickly handling it. And I, I'll give it up to the developers. I think they're doing a great job. Um, they're recognizing these issues right away and they're saying they're going to work on them. They offered the refund right away. It was kind of like a no questions asked, here you go. So they're, you can tell that they're doing, they're putting their best foot forward uh, to help out the users and the consumers of the game. And it's just a couple of these roadblocks, but I think give it a couple weeks. I think they'll be back. Everybody will be happy with it. Um, again, like I said, I haven't played it. I haven't downloaded it. I don't plan on playing or downloading it just because I, even if I do play video games, I don't really play that kind of game. Um, but that being said, I haven't ever tried it, so I don't really know. Uh, maybe someday in the future, but at the moment, I just don't have time to be playing video games, but I would, I'd love to learn about them and see what's going on, especially from the developer side of things. So going along with the software updates um, topic is iOS 14.3 came out the other day and it's got two pretty big um, additions to it for iPhones and iPads. Uh, first being the Apple Pro Raw edition for the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. I've been waiting for it to come out for a while now um, and just to test it out and see what's, what it's got going on. I love photography. I take all of my photos on my camera in raw images just because there's so much more data in the images. You can pull a lot more detail out. Um, I usually underexpose everything so everything looks a lot darker in the camera. But then when you get it into Lightroom or Photoshop, you can brighten it up. You can bring all the color out of the shadows. You can really completely change a picture if it's a raw photo compared to like a JPEG, which has a lot less data. So I thought it was awesome that you could now take a raw photo with your iPhone and you can edit it on the iPhone or you can bring it up to your computer and edit it. And it has a pretty substantial amount of data in it to be pulling around the light and all the colors inside of it. Um, I've just done a little bit of testing with it and it has performed just as well as some of my uh, photos that come out of my DSLR camera. Uh, so that has been really cool to see just how much um, information can be taken from the small smartphone camera. I mean, in reality, Yes, the 12 Pro Max camera looks huge compared to the original iPhone cameras, which were little pinholes in the back of the phone. Now you have this big square on the back of it with three cameras on it, and they're all pretty big. It sticks off the back of the camera. Uh, but if you compare that to a DSLR, which doesn't even remotely fit in your pocket, it, the lenses themselves are bigger than the iPhone. And the images coming out of the iPhone are almost just as good as the DSLR. It's really impressive to see that, especially when it comes to the video side of things. I've been using my iPhone a lot for 
unboxing videos and little videos that I don't want to really set up the whole tripod and the camera and everything. I just kind of hang my iPhone down from my boom arm for the mic and it just, I can film everything. It looks almost the exact same that a DSLR would. Granted, you're not going to get that bokeh in the background quite as well with a phone versus the camera. Um, a lot of times I like to film on my camera with the 50 millimeter and drop the aperture way down low so that it gives you that really nice blurry background. That looks a lot harder to get with an iPhone. And that's why I don't think an iPhone will ever completely take over my photography. Uh, I, I'm trying to use it more and more in some daily shots, especially if I'm out and about and I don't have my camera with me. Uh, but it's still just not quite there for me just because it's it, it does everything really well that it's supposed to do. But when you start to get out of that um, definition of what the camera was made for, it, it starts to struggle a lot. But the going back to the Pro Raw, it has completely amped up the possibilities with an iPhone and just the usability of an iPhone photo. Cause I know back in the day when you took a photo on your iPhone, if it wasn't almost perfect in photo, like as you took it, it wasn't going to really edit. Well, it was going to get all blurry and grainy and you weren't going to be able to do much. Now you have a little more leeway. You can underexpose those images in the phone and then later come back and brighten them up to where you want them to be. Um, I just think it's really cool that that's even a possibility at this stage. Um, especially considering how young of a product the iPhone still is. I mean, the first one came out in 2007. They're not even 20 years old yet. And we're seeing all this kind of innovation, just especially over the span of the last, I would say, four or five years. It's really increased a lot compared to the first generations that were coming out. Also in iOS 14.3, we got the Apple Fitness Plus launch. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Apple announced that they are now offering a fitness class streaming service. Um, you can include it in your Apple One subscription or you can just get the Apple Fitness subscription. It looks really cool. There's been a lot of great reviews of it. A lot of people are saying it's one of the best at-home workout programs you can get. Um, I have not tried it yet, but I'm kind of looking into maybe getting it, um, especially if the gyms continue to remain closed near me. Um, I think it it, from what I've seen, it offers a lot of different workouts, which is awesome from cardio to a hit workout to just strength training in general. You can do it all and it completely syncs across all your devices. So if you're in your living room and you have an Apple TV and you have your watch and your phone, you can link it all up and your watch can be recording your heart rate and everything and the time during your workout while you're watching it on the Apple TV. Um, so it goes back to the Apple ecosystem. Everything just works together. It flows nicely across all the devices, um, which is really one of the key things that Apple has just dominated the last couple of years is keeping everything within the one ecosystem and it all works well with each other. And there's really never any big issues between it. It just all flows seamlessly. So I think Apple Fitness is really cool. Check it out if you want. I'm going to be looking into it the next couple of days um, and trying to find more information about it. But it looks fantastic. All the videos are professionally done. Um, I know people are going to argue that, oh, you can just find the same style of videos on YouTube. Yes, you can. But I think for the typical home workout enthusiast that just wants it, they just want it to be easy. You know, a lot of people have gotten the Peloton because it's easy. The screen's right there. All the classes are on there. They don't have to worry about searching through YouTube or searching through this online course to find what day they're on. 
it all just tracks it for you and you just get on the bike and you click go the next morning. So I think this Apple fitness thing is about the same as that. Um, you come down in the morning, you're ready to do your workout and you just click go on day three. There's just no effort required into it. And for a lot of people working out can be a hard thing to get into. So the less obstacles that are in your way to starting your workout, the easier it is to do the workout, the more likely you're going to do it. So I think it's a great idea and I'm definitely going to look into it. On to the next topic. These are some of the more uh, interesting topics that I found that aren't really mainstream news. Um, the first three, AirPods Max, Cyberpunk, iOS 14.3, I felt like I had to cover those just because those are really big topics in the news right now. But these are a little less known. Um, first one is that Facebook is now making an artificial intelligence tool that's going to be able to summarize articles, reports, and long posts. So if you're on Facebook, you've always seen the person who posts the huge long article, or especially if you're in like a Facebook group and they post this huge uh, group update, whatever it may be, and you don't want to read the whole thing. And usually they put a little TLDR at the bottom, too long, didn't read. Um, and it always saves you because it's about a sentence long of the whole message. Uh, so now Facebook has decided that they're going to begin working on some sort of artificial intelligence that will be able to read the article or the report or the post and summarize it into a sentence or two sentences. I think this is cool because it just shows how powerful technology is. However, I do worry, especially if it's doing news articles and reports, that there's more of a possibility that, say, for some reason, it doesn't read the report perfectly and it miss. Um, misinforms the reader of what actually was said in the report and it doesn't pull the key details out that actually form the opinion of the report or the post and it, it could cause I feel like it could cause a lot of issues if it's not done correctly. Um, I know I don't want to get political or anything but I know that there's been a lot of issues in the news surrounding um, the censorship of everything and I as great of an idea that I think this is and it, I do think I mean, the whole point of business is to save the user time or money or something, it get, provide benefit to the user somehow. And I think that this would really streamline a lot of people's lives if it worked 100% of the time. I just have trouble placing that much trust into an artificial intelligence uh, software, knowing that technology has its issues. And I've, I've looked into AI a lot in the past, especially when I was getting into coding. Um, it's fairly simple to build your own, like very simple artificial intelligence. Um, so I tweaked around with it just so that I could kind of understand how it works. And I do think that in the future, AI will be just as smart, if not smarter than humans for certain jobs. When it comes to reading opinions and summarizing opinions, I don't think that an artificial intelligence could realistically do that correctly. I just would be afraid to trust a computer to summarize an opinion, especially because most of the time humans can't even summarize their own opinions. It sometimes it takes that long post to put out your opinion, whatever it may be. I just would be afraid to see friendships and businesses be torn apart because the our, the AI tool didn't summarize an article correctly or it left a word out that needed to be in there to really get across the correct opinion that was trying to be portrayed. So I just want to put that out there. Um, again, all these topics, feel free to um, come to me on Instagram, learn something new underscore show. 
let me know what you guys think. Um, I These are all topics that are open for discussion. I think they're really interesting. Um, that's why I'm bringing them up. And just to go along with the show, I mean, the whole show is about learning something new. So I hope out of all the things that I say today, you'll learn at least something new um, and give you something to talk about at the dinner table or something to talk about in your next job interview. Um, because I know people love seeing a person and hearing a person that just has stuff to talk about. They keep the conversation going, even if it isn't necessarily what the conversation was originally about. If you're able to just keep that conversation up and keep it engaging, people will like you a lot. Um, and you'll probably get that job if you're looking for a job interview, or you'll be able to make more friends if you can just talk. Um, so on to the next topic, uh, this one's kind of interesting. Netflix is currently testing an audio only feature that would allow users to turn off the video and just listen to the audio of whatever movie or TV show they're streaming. I find, I don't know if I like it or if I don't. I don't think I'd, I, I definitely don't hate it because obviously you could keep the video function on and you're good to go or you could turn on the audio. Um, I just think it's funny. Like it's not really that big of a deal in the end game. Like a lot of people just turn on the Netflix in the background, especially while they're studying or something and just do their own thing without watching it. So I see the complete point and I'm sure uh, it would save Netflix money in um, streaming and I'm sure it would save on the uh, networks and Wi-Fi networks and cellular networks if they're not streaming video. If, if somebody just turns on their audio only because they know they're not going to be watching it, I see the point. I just find it interesting that the users of all this stuff are preferring just the audio now. I mean, it, Netflix started as a video streaming service. I remember back when we would get the DVDs delivered from Netflix and you would get whatever, two, three a week, and you'd have to return them on Sunday. Um, and it's, it's funny to me that now all these shows and TV or all these TV shows and all these movies are available to users and no one actually wants to watch them. They'd rather just listen to them. I don't know if this goes to the fact that People are just rewatching TV shows and stuff that they've seen so many times that they just want to hear the jokes or whatever in the background. Or if it's that we as humans are so bad at paying attention to one thing at a time that like, I know when I turn on a movie, half the time I'm just going to be on my phone doing other stuff, especially if it's a movie that I've already seen. So it's just funny to see how the, the whole uh, landscape of video streaming and just consumption of data has changed over the years, um, going from when you got the movie, all the whole family would come and sit down and watch the one movie together because it was the one new movie you got that week compared to now where you just constantly have all these movies and TV shows and YouTube videos available to you that like we can't, uh, take in one source at a time or yeah, we can't take in one source at a time. We need to, we are always taking multiple, whether you're watching a movie and streaming uh, or watching a movie and scrolling through Netflix or streaming something on your phone and working on homework. It just seems like no one can just do one thing at a time. Um, so again, I don't think it's a big deal that they're testing this audio only function. I just think it's kind of uh, telling to the fact of how we take in entertainment and information these days. This one's a pretty cool one. I found it, um, the other day, it's a new speaker built by Bugatti with a company called Tidal. This does not have to do with um, the music streaming service Tidal. Um, this is a completely different company. But Bugatti, for those of you that don't know, are 
some of, I would say one of the most luxurious cars in the world. Um, they used to hold the title of the fastest car on earth. Um, you had the Bugatti Veyron and the Bugatti Chiron, which are both their, uh, I would say current production vehicles. Um, they are very expensive upwards of, or above a million dollars a piece. Um, and they're very, I, I mean, they are a very unique looking car, but I think the design you can, when you see a Bugatti, you're like, okay, this is worth a million dollars. Like you just can see it right there. So they've decided to take their skills to the home. Um, they are currently working on these speakers and if you look them up, uh, they look really premium. Like <laughs> these things look like Bugatti made them. They're very unique. So obviously you're not just going to put these down on your desk like any other speaker. Um, I don't think you would based on how much it's going to cost upwards of six figures. Um, so you could either have a new car or a new set of speakers. Uh, you be the judge of what you want to pick. Um, but they look great. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're, I would hope they're going to sound amazing for that much money. Uh, but again, the normal person, probably anybody listening to this podcast this moment probably isn't going to be picking these up. Um, unless you find them on eBay in a couple of years that are used, but I would like to see these in person. Honestly, it looks like the dash, like the center console of a Bugatti just taken out of the car and put into the speaker looks very modern, but a little bit retro, kind of like the cars do where you have the swoopy lines, but also the modern seamless look. Um, these they're only making 30 pairs of them. You can only get them in a black or a white and it comes with a set of two. So it's like left and right. Uh, each speaker, <laughs> get a load of this, weighs 352 pounds. So yeah, they weren't playing around. Uh, but again, if you're paying above $100,000 for a pair of speakers, I would hope that they they could do some damage if they fall over. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> 352 pounds. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to buy them, but I hope someday I get to be able to see them. They're called the Royale speakers and they look amazing, but way too out of my price range. I would, you could buy, I don't even know how many AirPods max that would be for these two speakers. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought that was an interesting fact. I wanted to put it out there, share it with you guys. Um, definitely look them up if you want. Uh, like I said, Bugatti cars are t teaming up with title, which is a German company and they're making these speakers. There's only 30 of them. So if you really want a pair, you need to get first in line. Um, I don't know if there's going to be many people, um, fighting with you in that line to get one, but be there. And if you do send me a picture, I'd love to see them in your house. Um, if you can manage to carry the 352 pound speaker up the stairs, um, let me know, send me a picture. I'd love to see it. Final fact for today, uh, the new avatar movie, which is coming out in 2022. There's been some, this is obviously not very tech related, but I loved the original avatar. Um, I thought the just the animation of it was insane that they were able to incorporate like the CGI with the humans in this CGI universe. It blew my mind. I've been waiting. Apparently it's a trilogy. I've been waiting for the next one to come out forever. And finally there's been more news coming out of New Zealand where they're filming it. Uh, it's planned for release in December of 2022. Um, I will try to be first in line if it's in a movie theater at that point, if it comes straight out to, um, 
just streaming, I'm going to have to buy some insane speakers and a cinema room to be able to watch it in all its glory. Um, but it's coming out. All the pictures are looking like it's going to be mainly underwater, which is pretty cool. In my opinion, there's they, I saw an article the other day that Kate Winslet is one of the um, lead actors in it. And she has this underwater scene where she needed to be able to hold her breath for a really long amount of time. So she was training to do this throughout all the filming. They've almost wrapped up filming just as a FYI, the, the article that was just released that I read, they were filming the last scenes on this massive boat that they built um, for one of the final scenes. And it looks ridiculous. So I think the movie's going to be great. Going back to Kate Winslet though, she had to train to hold her breath underwater she, for the scene that she filmed, she was able to hold her breath for over seven minutes to film this scene. Yeah. I mean, who in there, I, I don't know if they told her before they started filming that, Hey, by the way, you're going to be able to hold your breath for a really long time. I don't know if it was a prerequisite, um, but she did train a lot for this scene. And I am very interested to see how that scene turns out. Um, and I, I think you should be too. Again, I'm not, like a big movie guy. You can ask anybody who knows me. I'm not a huge movie guy, but I did love the original avatar just from the sheer technology that was able to be used to build or to make this movie. Um, I think James Cameron knows what he's doing. Obviously it was one of the top performing movies of all time. Um, so I'm very curious to see what he's got in store for this new one, especially if it's going to be all underwater. Um, it will be interesting to see how they incorporate CGI versus real life, such as making Kate Winslet hold her breath for seven minutes. So that's all I got for today, guys. This was a uh, talking about tech. I can't remember what I called talk with tech, talk about tech. Um, but I look forward to new uh, segments of this going on throughout the show. Um, again, I'm going to try to do at least once a week, maybe twice a week, depending on how much tech news there is that comes out. And I'd love to hear you guys' discussion on all this stuff. If you found anything interesting, definitely hit me up on Instagram. Remember, it's at learn something new underscore show. Um, I post some random quotes throughout the day and all the good stuff from the previous episodes. Um, again, if you have anything to say, feel free to DM me. Feel free to leave a comment on something. I'd love to discuss a lot of this stuff with you guys. Um, but other than that, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It does help out a lot. Um, and if not, I hope you guys have a great week and I look forward to seeing you in the next one.